Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, you're getting a new episode of the Chris Carpenter Show this Saturday. Um, this is this was unexpected, obviously. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of the reason why uh, things happened, but uh, needless to say, my little my trip got cut short uh, due to some unforeseen circumstances. Um, so lucky y'all, you get you get a, a an episode with me. Uh, this is episode 57 of the Chris Carpenter Show. It's going to be pretty short show today. Um, there's not been a lot of sports news, but I am going to present to you my vision for the brand new Big 12 Conference, complete with pod names. So that's going to be pretty fun. And we've got listener questions, and we'll end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. All right, let's jump right into it. Um, the big news this week was the Big 12 Media Days um, happened Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Texas Tech ended up speaking um, on Thursday. Um, we did f- hear for the first time from Brett Yarmark, the brand new Big 12 commissioner. And he was very clear in his opening statement that the Big 12 is definitely pursuing expansion. What that's going to look like uh, is going to it's pretty open-ended at this point, but certainly um, it sounds like that the Big 12 has been in contact with some teams from other conferences. I think we know which teams they've been in, in contact with. It's the ones we've been talking about on this podcast over the last few weeks, the Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, certainly. Um, there's been rumors that Oregon State and Washington State have also officially applied uh, for Big 12 membership. You know, um, could there possibly be even be some communication with some ACC schools? Um, potentially, you know, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Again, you know, this is this is going to be interesting to watch. You know, will we have a little bit more movement this week on stuff? Maybe, you know, the, the big deadline is going to be when that 30-day window of negotiation expires for the Pac-12 to negotiate a new television contract. You know, I've heard rumblings that ESPN is is willing to kind of support this Pac-12 ACC merger type thing that the Pac-12 has kind of been pushing. If that happens, then you probably have the Pac now Pac-10 schools stay with the ACC schools. Again, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago on my podcast, what most experts say, the problem with doing that is you've now reopened that contract, that 2036 ironclad contract that the ACC schools have. And I think if you do that, you're going to lose ACC schools to the SEC. Um, Clemson and Florida State being, I think, the two big ones that would go to the SEC and and the two that the SEC really wants. So it's just going to be interesting to continue to watch. I still ultimately believe some of the Pac-12 schools are going to be coming to the Big 12 this weekend, Brett Yarmark is meeting with Phil Knight, owner and founder of Nike, uh, Mr. Oregon himself. And there's all sorts of rumors that this is uh, could be a situation where they end up negotiating some sort of application for the Oregon to join the Big 12. You know, it's it's been made pretty clear Oregon and Washington applied to be in the Big 10, and the Big 10 has basically shut the door on them. 
there's been differing accounts. You know, initially what we had heard was the Big Ten was waiting on Notre Dame, and then they'd bring in Oregon. The latest I've heard is even if Notre Dame joins or doesn't join, Oregon and Washington aren't going to be the schools that the Big Ten would target. Rather, they would target Stanford. And so <laughs> it sounds like a, a firm, maybe shut door for Oregon and Washington not to go into the Big Ten. Does that maybe hasten their want to come to the Big 12? I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see. I th- Again, I think ultimately we will see uh, some of these Pac-12 teams make it into into the Big 12 and come to the Big 12. And here later on in this podcast, I'm going to share with you kind of my vision for what the Big 12 conference can look like in this new uh, realignment that could really build themselves to be a solid at solid number three uh, conference. Because again, as we've talked about, the Big 10 and the SEC are your, are your one and two, and, and they're interchangeable. Probably right now, number one would be SEC, two, Big 10. But, you know, they're they're going to be financially pouring in the money there. The the key is, if you're the Big 12, positioning yourself to be that solid number three. And I think, you know, you would have, have a shot in an expanded playoff to get some teams in at that point. So um, the other big media stuff this week, there really wasn't um, a whole lot. Just, you know, media days like this. There's not going to be a lot of re- revelatory um, <laughs> moments, you know. Everybody, everybody feels like they got a chance, you know, from Kansas all the way to Oklahoma State, you know. And um, so, um, I, I did watch Joey McGuire's press conference. Thought he did a good job. And you know, I, again, I'm excited for this year. I, I, I do think this team, and again, uh, probably next. Well, not probably next month. I will make my official predictions. But I do think this team can get themselves to the 6-6 six and six mark and get themselves back into a bowl. They're not at a point yet where they can kind of build themselves to that upper echelon. You know, it's going to take a couple of years. Um, this recruiting class that's coming in in 2023 certainly is, is going to be, I think, a really solid foundation to build a quality program here at Texas Tech um, in football. So other big news this week with Texas Tech was the announcement on Monday of a $200 million addition to the football program. They're going to be redoing the south end zone. They're also going to be building a brand-new football facility. And these things had already been leaked out as news that this was coming. The big big story was the the $200 $200 million mark, plus we got to see artists' renderings. And and it looks good. Um, The south end zone... They're going to retain a, a double T scoreboard. It's going to be a new double T scoreboard. Um, the old one, you know, there's been a lot of debate where what should they do with it. I think it'd be cool if, if it's salvageable to move it to, to the baseball field. But um, I don't know if, how salvageable it's going to be. But, you know, they are going to have a double T scoreboard. They're going to have two jumbotrons. And the football team is going to come out in the center part of the south end zone uh, instead of off to the off to the right side. So, bottom line, you know, Tech's willing to spend money um, to build a quality football program, and uh, you know, I think all we've all we've been missing is is a coach that that believes 
they can recruit quality talent to Lubbock. And I think Joey McGuire believes that. And I think we're seeing the, the dividends of that all obviously with this uh, 2023 recruiting class. So be an exciting time, you know, for be a Texas Tech fan. You know, it's going to be the largest continuous football facility in the nation. And it's going to be quality. It's going to be extremely quality looking. So be interesting to see what conference – what the Big 12 is going to look like when that when that South End Zone edition is finished. So, all right. So, uh, that's really the big sports news this week. You know, basketball, kind of all, um, you know, the, the, TB, the, the TBD tournament, tournament, the Air Raiders is coming next weekend. And, and uh, Norrin Sodiasi is going to be, uh, he pulled out and Davion Warren's in. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that. You know, and shout out to my friend Alan, host of the Real Chris Carpenter Show. He's he is actually going to be journeying to Wichita for this event, so be fun. Maybe we can, maybe we can do like a recorded interview with him or something. I don't know. We'll see. But um, that's really the only big basketball news. Baseball, Major League Baseball draft is tomorrow. Um, Chase Young's going to go in the first round. Um, there's been projections uh, as high as I think as eighth, all the way down to like nineteenth. So. You know, um, you'll you'll have you'll have some tech baseball players drafted. The three pit, the three starting pitchers probably are going to be drafted, but you know you also are are bringing in another high quality recruiting class. So it's it's not rebuild at, at tech baseball; it's reload, and I think they're going to be be just fine. So now I want to get into the vision for the new Big Twelve. My vision. I've been working on this. Last couple of days, I do want to give credit to the Ryan Hyatt's Raiderland show. Um, one of their topics of discussion this week was, "Does the Big Twelve need to change their name?" And I, I think they do need to change their name. Um, I think the Big Twelve name is associated with teams leaving. You know, Nebraska, Colorado. Although Colorado may be coming back, A and M. UT, Oklahoma, Missouri, you know, the Big 12 has kind of been on life support, it seems like, since that first, you know, realignment in 2010. And so I think you have an opportunity here to rebrand with a brand new name. Now, there's been all sorts of names bandied about, you know, some people said, well, let's go back to the Southwest Conference name. Um, The Border Conference has been bandied about other ones. Here's an idea that intrigues me, and, and, and again, credit, credit Ryan Hyatt, Raiderland, talking about this, but what if the Big 12 goes out and gets a sponsor or sponsors for the name of their conference? You know, Brett Yarmark, he, was, he worked for NASCAR when NASCAR was booming and growing in the early 2000s when they transitioned from the Winston Cup to the Nextel Cup, which brought millions and millions of dollars into the sport, you know, I think this is an opportunity to do something a little bit out of the box. Plus, you're able to make up some of the money that you're not going to get on the TV side of things and come in and offer the name of the conference to sponsors. So could that be what Brett Yarmark's meeting with Phil Knight this weekend? Are we going to be the Nike Conference? Or maybe not even conference, the Nike League. You know, could we, if we bring in Washington, could we be the Amazon Conference? You know, could we be the Dr. Pepper Phillips 66 Conference? Those are two long, 
sponsors of the Big 12. I like that. Um, the Big 12 name doesn't have a lot of value. You sell you sell to sponsor or sponsors, and your your universities are making additional uh, money off of the name of the conference that hopefully makes up a little bit of that you know shortfall on TV. So my vision for the Big Twelve is let's go out and get a sponsor. You can get Amazon Conference, the Nike Conference, Dr Pepper, Philip sixty six Conference. Now. We're going to be an 18-team conference, so we're going to have three pods of six. I think they should also sell the names of the pods to sponsors. So our first pod that we're bringing in, this is all the Pac-12 schools coming in. Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and then I'm going to put BYU in with that pod. And we're going to call that pod the In-N-Out Burger pod because they love in and out Burger on the West Coast. Don't know why. Don't get it. But we've got our in and out Burger pod. Now, our next pod is going to be our Texas schools. We'll include our Texas schools. So we've got Texas Tech, Baylor, Houston, TCU. We're also going to add in Oklahoma State because I want to keep that Texas Tech-Oklahoma State rivalry. And we're going to add in Colorado. And we're going to call this pod the Whataburger Pod. Mostly Texas schools. Whataburger is a Texas product. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. So we've got the In-N-Out Burger Pod. We've got the Whataburger Pod. Let's look at our last pod. And our last pod is going to consist of Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF. Now, this is the one I struggled with finding a name for. But the Southeast is known for their chicken. I I would make the call to Chick-fil-A. I don't think Chick, the Chick, Chick-fil-A would say yes because they are so closely associated with the SEC. So Chick-fil-A, probably not in. Here's your two options for this one. Two, uh, two other chicken places. Uh, Zaxby's well-known in the southeastern part of the United States, Florida area. So you could have the Zaxby's pod, or you could have the Raising Cane's pod. Raising Cane's has proven they're willing to invest money in college athletics. Um, They've been one of the big players in the NIL um, situation. Um, You know, we had a couple players at the Tech basketball team. McCuller, I know, was one of them that uh, was getting some money through NIL through Raising Cane's. So could be the Raising Cane's pod. So that's the names of your pods. Now, the way scheduling would work, you would play your teams in your pods. So that's five conference games. And then you would play two teams from the other two pods every year. So you'd switch off. Now, basketball, a little bit different story. I Honestly, if, if I had my druthers, we would do complete round robin. And so you got, eight, you got 17 you're playing 17 conference opponents, you got 34 conference games. I don't think that's doable, though. So I think you keep this pod system in place, and you do you do your five teams from your pod, home and home, so that's 10 conference games, and then you do your two pods, two from the other pods, you do home and home with them. 
that's not a perfect system because what that means as a Texas Tech fan, you're not seeing Kansas every year. But I, I would rather not see Kansas every year than to go back to the old system where every other year you're having to play Kansas. You're either playing Kansas at the Fog only once or you're, they're coming here only once. So it's not a perfect system. Um, you could do other pods as well. You could do, you know, with 18, you could do three, six pods. Uh, you know, I thought about, you know, doing one with Oklahoma State, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, and they would be like the Brahms pod because, you know, Oklahoma, Brahms. Um, this is all contingent on the six teams coming in to the Amazon, Nike, Phillips 66, Dr. Pepper Conference. You know, I think with the door being firmly shut um, on Oregon, I think Oregon is going to be more conducive to coming to the pack, uh, to the new Big 12. If Oregon comes, Washington comes, and then I think you've, you've got the Arizona schools wanting to come, and then I think Utah looks around and says, well, we, we need to get on this, on this uh, lifeboat. So if only the four come, not Oregon and Washington – then I think you can still do you could still do some pods, kind of the same type of pods. You might have to add an additional pod that might be where the Brahms pod comes in. So you have the In and Out Burger pod, the Brahms pod, the Whataburger pod, and then the Zaxby's slash Raising Cane's pod. So that's kind of where I'm where I'm looking at right now. Again, I think you're you're creating a new source of revenue for your schools. The Big 12 name doesn't have a lot of value, and so I think what you can go ahead and do is is create a brand new conference, brand new branding. You know, Brett Yarmark, if you go back and, you know, this was the height of NASCAR, early 2000s, they were, they were rolling in the dough. They were making all sorts of money. You had all sorts of branding. And not only the the switch from the Winston Cup to the Nextel Cup, but you had you know the ad campaign, the Gillette Young Guns campaign. Could you do a similar ad campaign with you know your Big Twelve coaches, the Gillette Big Twelve coaches? I think you could, and I, I think you could do some really interesting um, branding on this on this conference and and make some extra money um, and make up for a little bit of the shortfall, you know, with with the TV contract. You know, and and who knows? I mean, I think you still are going to get a good quality TV contract once you've eliminated the Pac-12. You know, is it going to be with ESPN or Fox? At this point, um, I think ESPN's probably not going to be your primary carrier. Um, there is a rumor um, that has been making its way around that ESPN is is negotiating with the Big Twelve to allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave a year early penalty-free, and in exchange, they would convert the Longhorn Network to the Big 12 Network. That's where your Tier 3 rights, uh, media rights would go instead of ESPN+. I have mixed feelings on that. I think, you know, number one, I don't have access to the Longhorn Network, and so they would have to, you know, rework that and ensure if, you know, if you're an ESPN customer... ESPN Plus, Hulu customer, you should be able to have access to it. Um, but I, you know, I, I also think there's opportunity to pull in an Amazon and, and make a little bit more money. And, and and again, you know, CBS. I think CBS could be a good partner as well. You know, CBS is losing their college football franchise in the SEC. 
you know, it'd be cool to be CBS, the official home of the Amazon conference. You know, I think you could do some interesting branding there. But, you know, the Big 12's got a lot of options. And they're, you know, a year ago, UTO, you leave. And it looks like it's over for the Big 12. And it's amazing to see there's some great opportunities out there. The key is taking advantage of that. And I think we, I think we have a really good commissioner, Brett Yormark, that's going to be able to take advantage of the opportunities that we potentially have here, um, you know, in the Big 12 or, you know, the Amazon, Dr. Pepper Phillips 66 conference. So that's my vision, you know. We'll see what happens, but I, I think you're in a really good, solid position if you go in that direction. So we're going to go ahead and take the break, and then when we come back, we're going to get to some listener questions. And welcome back to this week's edition of The Chris Carpenter Show. And we're going to get to listener questions. Remember, there are two ways to, uh, to ask questions. Number one is make sure you are following the official Twitter of The Chris Carpenter Show which is at The C-Carp Show. And then also follow the official TikTok of The Chris Carpenter Show, which is just simply The Chris Carpenter Show. So let's jump into our questions. Um, we got a question from Steve. Shout out to Steve. Good guy. Good guy to have breakfast with, by the way. And his question has to do with Oregon State. Uh, Steve is a massive Oregon State fan. Uh, Oregon State alum. So his question is, as an OSU Beaver fan, what do I have to look forward to in the Pac-12, 10, whatever it will become? So I really do feel for, there are two teams in this whole Pac-12 mess that I feel bad for. I don't feel bad for Cal, Berkeley, or Stanford. I don't think they really even care about playing competitive football. They can go protest or go be woke in their, you know, their football field. I don't care. Um, but I do feel bad for Oregon State and Washington State. Um, and Oregon State has had success in football um, historically through the years. They have a very successful baseball program. They've had, you know, they've had their moments in basketball. Um, obviously, Washington State, um, when Mike Price was there, uh, when Leach was there, they had a very solid football program. They've had little bit of success in basketball, but I, I think unfortunately they're going to be left out um, if the Pac-12 implodes. Um, their best option is for the Pac-12, Pac-10 to stay together. Um, you know, if any, if the Pac-12 implodes, and I think you're looking at those programs going to the Mountain West. Now, there is a silver lining to that. Um, you know, I, th I think it's been pretty clear that those schools have had have had struggles competing with their other state counterparts in Washington and Oregon and I think if they move to the Mountain West they certainly could have the opportunity to kind of become the big dogs there be you know conference champions go to better higher quality bowls I mean I think the unfortunate fact is they wouldn't be considered in a Power Five conference situation at that point, but um, so that to me, the silver lining for Oregon State would be you potentially could be ending up in a conference where there's a little bit more opportunity to have success um, than you're having now. Um, but I mean, you, 
I feel for them. I do. I really do. Because I like, I like Oregon State. I got to see them at the Sun Bowl. I like Washington State. I got to see them at the Sun Bowl. Those are not nice fans, nice people. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they're, they're, they're getting left behind um, because of the way this realignment works. So I hope that's a little bit of encouragement, Steve. You know, but, you know, Oregon State's cool. They got a cool logo. And I like them better than – I honestly, if, if, if the money was right, I'd rather have Oregon State than Oregon. But, you know, it's, it's hard to, to say no to the money that, the or, that Oregon brings. So, good question, Steve. Shout out to Steve. Um, our next question, let's go ahead and pull up some questions. Okay, we got Ricky from Shamrock. If you've ever been to Shamrock, fun town. It's on Route, uh, Route 66. What is your opinion about tech fans having such a reputation that opposing athletic directors are doing everything they can to keep tech fans from purchasing tickets? I think it's hilarious. You know, we saw this last basketball season with uh, Chris Del Conte basically attempting to shut fans out from going to the Irwin Center. And we're seeing it again with uh, TCU and, and the TCU athletic director basically came out on Twitter last night and admitted that's exactly what they're doing, that they're, they're trying to shut out tech fans from getting tickets to um, the, the football games this year. And they're going to do the same thing in basketball, you know, a um, little bit of background. Historically, the TCU games, there have typically been more tech fans um, because you have such a lar- large alumni base in the Metroplex. You have tech fans showing up uh, pretty pretty strong um, for those TCU games. And so basically what TCU is doing is you, are, you cannot buy single-game tickets to the TCU Tech game this year in football. You have to buy a, a mini-pack with uh, – basically to get access to those tickets. And it's the same. And basically the athletic director last night said he's going to do the same thing with basketball. So the joke's going to be on him because tech fans will still show up in droves and TCU. You're, you don't have a lot of fans that want to show up. You don't have a lot of fans, uh, period. Um, the Fort Worth market's not controlled by TCU. It's controlled more by Texas tech. So, We'll get the last laugh. We'll have more fans, and we'll just, you know, you'll hear Raider Power on TV at the M and G Carter uh, Football Stadium, which will be fun. But no, I think it's a testimony to that you have a lot of Texas Tech fans all over the state of Texas. You know, even in Austin, um, but you know, certainly Dallas Fort Worth area, Houston area, San Antonio, and I think that makes Texas Tech a very appealing brand. Um, in this new Big 12, in the new Dr. Pepper, Phillips 66, Amazon, Nike conference, whatever we call it. So, um, But, yeah, it's, it's just funny. And it's funny when you hear TCU fans wanting to bring up things like, yeah, you know, you did. You beat us in 2014, 80 to whatever, and you ran out of fireworks. Yeah, you're, you're correct. You know, you've, we haven't won in Fort Worth in basketball since 2019. We didn't get to play there in 2021 because, you know, you're, you apparently didn't observe safety protocols good enough, TCU, to, uh, you know, for us to play. So that's on y'all, you know, horn frogs. Spray blood from your eyes, I guess. 
<laughs> so good question. All right, next question. We've got Carl from Lovington. Will you be following the Air Raiders and the TBT? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is going to be available, I think, on one of the ESPN. may even be ESPN Plus, but you know, maybe ESPN2 or whatever. But, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think they have put together a very solid team and a team that's going to be fun to watch. And, yeah, I'm going to be following them all, all the way. So, by the way, I think whoever's running this TBT tournament they need to take a look at bringing one of the regional sites to Lubbock. I think you would sell out big time, um, you know, and I think you'd, you'd have a great, great atmosphere. So TBD, TBT people, I know you, some of you might be avid listeners of the Chris Carpenter show. I just gave you a nice little idea. So good question. All right, we've got Nick from Odessa. Why does the NCAA feel the need to come up with new rules to keep baseball players from celebrating? Are they trying to remove every bit of fun from the game? Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of that. You know, college baseball, really baseball in general, Major League Baseball is a mess. But, you know, college baseball, there's a lot of potential there. You know, the product is really strong. The The way that they they do their postseason tournament is fantastic. And it just seems like they just need a little bit of a push to market better. Maybe a better television partner. You know, ESPN, I don't understand why ESPN doesn't put more college baseball games on their over-the-air stations or college, their cable, you know, ESPN, ESPN2, um, why they're not putting more of those games on, you know, especially in that period of time when college basketball is over with, you know, you don't have a lot. I mean, I just, I just think they could be marketed better. And, you know, maybe that takes getting a Fox involved or, you know, CBS sports or, you know, NBC, I don't know, but yeah, I think college baseball should could be marketed a heck of a lot better than they are. I don't like the rule. Um, I just, I guess it was in response to Tennessee and all the antics this year, but you know, Tennessee made themselves into a great bad guy to root against. And I think you, you need that just like, you know, Alabama, you either like it, like Alabama or you hate Alabama football, you know? Um, And I think it's, they need a college baseball needs, better marketing and better branding. Maybe Brett, Brett, maybe Brett Yormark can uh, do something for college baseball. Love to see it. So, all right. Oh, everybody. We got Orenthal from Portales. Orenthal, he's back. Now he's in Portales. <laughs> Lock your doors, Portales. Uh, what do you think of the new Ford Broncos? I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, you know, I think they're, I love the look of them. That would be a car that potentially, you know, if I go car shopping next few years, I would look at. Um, their gas mileage is a little bit not as good as they need to be, but I think that's easily fixable. But, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Ford Broncos. I'm not going to buy a white Ford Bronco or rental. So, no, I'm not going to be your driver or rental. Find out Callings, I guess. So, <laughs> we'll see where Orenthal's next week. Hopefully far away from me. 
So, all right. Um, we've got Jenny from Haskell. Who are the top three athletic directors in the Big 12? And um, she put including OU, Texas, UCF, BYO, Houston, and Cincy. Um, so I think number one, the number one athletic director probably right now, I'd probably give it to Mac Rhodes at Baylor. You know, they've had, I mean, they've had a lot, a lot of success. And this was, you know, he was hired in the midst of that, of the scandal that brought down Art Bryles and the university president and the uh, previous athletic director. Um, he was able to make a good quality hire in Matt Rule. And then when Matt Rule left, he was able to make another good quality hire in Dave Aranda, you know. Um, and then obviously, you know, you've seen what basketball at Baylor's done. They won the national championship in 2021. Um, but, yeah, I, and I got a lot of respect for Matt Rhodes. He, you know, he, he uh, came from UTEP. Um, he was an associate athletic director there. And then he was at Houston. I think believe he was at Houston for a while um, as the athletic director. But, yeah, I'd put him at number one. I'd put Kirby at number two, I think. You look overall, um, Kirby's done a great job as athletic director. I think he's finally, finally, finally made the right football hire. Um, you know, the Lady Raiders situation was a mess, but I think he made the right hire in bringing in Krista Gerlich to fix that. I think I think this year we're going to see um, some dividends being paid off that. Softball, um, you know, you've had a mess there. Have you made a good hire there? I hope so. Um, you know, but I, I think, I think over overall though, I think Kirby's been a great, great athletic director. I've, you've, you know, look at the upgrade in the facilities that has taken place. You know, he's made some great quality hires. Hate to admit it, you know, even Chris Beard was a quality hire that Kirby made. Um, but then, you know, he followed up with with making the the real power behind those tech teams, Mark Adams. The head coach, obviously, bringing in Tim Tadlock, making sure they've kept him. I'd put him at number two. I would probably put uh, Joe Cassidy. I think it's Castelloni, the Oklahoma um, AD at number three. Um, he just holds a lot of power, and he he has been able to, you know, keep things going. Honestly, he's the only other AD I know besides like CDC, and I'm not going to give him anything. So I put him at number three. So I think top to bottom, you know, this is still a very uh, good quality. Uh, you got a good, some good quality universities. I think Kansas needs to pull its weight a lot more, you know, other than basketball. What does Kansas have, you know, but I, th- I think, I think we, we've got a great conference. And, you know, if you bring in four to six teams from the PAC 12, I think you, you really enhance this, this conference even better. So good question. All right, we've got one more question. This is Andy from Big Lake. My great uncle, Uncle Joe, he is from Big Lake. So shout out to the nannies of Big Lake. Rank these comedians, Robin Williams, Jim Carrey, Billy Crystal, Eddie Murphy, Leslie Nielsen, Will Ferrell, Steve Martin, Adam Sandler, Rodney Dangerfield, Chris Farley. Um, whew, that was a lot. Uh, so I would honestly put at the bottom, probably Rodney Dangerfield. Um, I know a lot of people like him. I just never got into him. So I'd put him probably at the bottom. Next, I would probably put, I put Leslie Nielsen next. 
And I really enjoyed the Naked Gun movies, but, you know, beyond that, what else did he do? So I put him in, uh, next next uh, next up, uh, bottom. Jim Carrey, I would probably put him next. You know, his early stuff is good, but his later stuff has just been a little bit rough. And he's kind of dove off the deep end on some stuff. I would then put Eddie Murphy. There's some stuff of Eddie Murphy I like. Other stuff I'm like, ugh. So I put him next. Billy Crystal would then go above Eddie Murphy. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of Billy Crystal movies. City Slicker, City City Slickers. Um, trying to think what else I've seen of him. But he's a nice guy. He's a Yankees fan, so that's cool. Um, then I would put Steve Martin. After that, um, I think he's a. I liked the Father of the Bride movies. Parenthood was a good movie. Leap of Faith. I like Steve Steve Martin. So. I would then put probably at number two. So this is my second. No, no, number three. I put Will Ferrell at number three. And Anchorman, Hilarious, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. You know, the the two in front of them are just, you look at their body of work, it's just better. Adam Sandler, I'd put as second, uh, number two. Um, you know, he, he is somebody that can also do serious roles. He's done some good ones. His latest movie, Hustle. If you've not seen it, I would give that a recommend. And then at number one, I put Robin Williams, you know, top to bottom, whether it be funny roles, comedic roles, serious roles. I can't think of a movie that I saw of Robin Williams that was just awful. Um, he just, he, he was just a great actor, great comedian, could make you laugh, but he could, he could do serious roles really, really good. And, uh, you know, such a, such a huge loss when he passed away, um, to the entertainment community. So that's how I would rank them. So good questions this week. Again, make sure you're following the official Twitter of the Chris Carpenter show. It is at the C carp show. Also follow the official TikTok, the Chris Carpenter show, and we'll have more questions next week. So Go ahead, take a break, and then when we come back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. Uh, So this tip uh, is inspired kind of by... (laughs) The adventure that I have been on um, this last week with kind of my vacation not turning out the way that <laughs> was initially planned. Um, always find always find the good in when bad situations happen. You know, um, I di- I'm disappointed that I didn't get to go to where I, where I got to go, but, you know, I still... I still had a good time and the little travel I got to do and, and, you know, I got to, I got to eat some beer battered shrimp and, you know, I found a really good Italian place, little Maggiano's shout out. And they, and apparently they have ghost kitchens now where you you can get them. They work out of the Chili's kitchen, but really good chicken Parmesan there, by the way. Um, you know, and I got to spend some time with my mom. So yeah, things didn't work out, but Always look for the good. There's more. There's always more good than bad. And if you're always looking for the good, 
your outlook on life is a heck of a lot better than being, you know, Debbie Downer or the Eeyore where you're just, I'm just walking around. That's my Eeyore impression. So anyway, always look for the positive, even in the negative stuff going on. I do want to tell you some news. Um, There is no midweek madness this week because I am going to be on another podcast this Wednesday night. Um, I believe it will uh, start recording at 7.30. It's available on Facebook Live or if you have Twitch. Um, So you can join us live, but you can also um, make sure you, you download and listen to it afterwards. And so the podcast that I'm going to be on Wednesday night is called Big Dudes in the Trenches. They do have a Facebook page. Go ahead and make sure and like it and you'll get a you'll get a notification when they go live when we record. Um, but they are also available on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all those good ones. Um, but I'm going to be on there this Wednesday um, talking about the Big 12, kind of doing the Big 12 preview for their show. So Love for you to join us, and um, shout out to them for giving me this opportunity. But um, tune in that Wednesday. But I will be back next Saturday um, with my normal um, episode of the Chris Carpenter Show. We'll see if we have new conference members at this point. Who knows? But I hope everybody has a good week. Stay safe. Stay cool if you're in Texas. Don't listen to ERCOT. You put your thermostat where you want to put your thermostat. You're the one paying the bill. I'm I'm lucky. I'm not on I'm not on the ERCOT. So, but even if I was, I ain't listen to their thermostat guidelines. So anyway, I will see you next week for the Chris Carpenter Show.